John, thank you. I wish I could just uh, kind of uh, get some of your energy and just sprinkle it out here. You know, that was awesome, wasn't it? Great. Good job. Glad you're here today. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, how many of y'all went uh, shopping on Friday? I, what do they call it? Black Friday. Anybody go out Black Friday? Okay, well, well, good. You're waiting for what? Cyber Monday? Yeah, to beat the crowd. I've 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 heard stories of uh, horror on uh, shopping on Friday. You know, uh, people knocking each other down, uh, young people stealing gifts out of the hands of elderly people, and getting in fist fights out in the parking lot. Uh, what I saw this year that was different is uh, people are actually running ads and hiring themselves out to be your shopper on Black Friday. Did you see this? Uh, really, really, just, you know, for an hourly wage, they will set up a tent at whatever store you want shopped at on Friday. They'll do it on Thursday night, be first in line. Uh, I read one ad from this guy, he said, don't worry, I'll get you what you want. I'm six foot five and I weigh 300 pounds. And, and I don't mind taking it out of the hands of somebody else. So, you, you know, what I do know is there is a lot of anger that arises when we shop and around the holidays. Are you with me? You know? So I was doing this series, Breaking Free. And I decided, you know what, Wes? We need one more Breaking Free sermon. We've talked about breaking free from the hurts and habits and hang-ups that are pulling us down and destroying our lives. We looked at such topics as, why do I do what I don't want to do? We talked about procrastination. That's the sermon I put off for several weeks, but finally, finally preached it. Talked about fatal attractions and allowing our eyes to drift on someone of the opposite sex and Satan getting into our life and destroying us that way. We, we talked about debt. That was a big one, wasn't it? Well, today I want to talk about breaking free from your anger. And it looks like plenty of you are angry this morning, all right? So this is going to be spot on. I know it is. There's a great verse found in Proverbs 25, verse 28, that is our key verse for this morning. I'm going to read it out of the Good News Translation. It says, if you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city without walls. You are open to attack. And so I want you to visualize this verse in your own life today. What the wise man is saying is, is simply this. If you can't control your temper or your anger, if you erupt with volcanic fury, if, if you're given in to temptations that lead you to displays of anger, you're as helpless as a city without defense. That's what he's saying. So that the enemy can come in and steal, kill, and destroy you. You're like a city without walls, a city without a gate. That's the way your life is when you give in to this temptation to become angry. Now, here's the deal. We're going to talk this morning about diffusing your anger. I, I did a lot of research this past week. I Googled it, and if I got it on Google, it's got to be true, right? Yeah. Uh, here, here's the research I came up with, several facts about your anger. The average man, let me see the hand of every average man in this room. Raise your hand. Uh, all the old guys are raising their hand. The young guys, you think you're above average, right? Okay. So you probably are. That's, a, that's okay. The average man loses his temper and gets angry a whopping six times a week. Somebody in the first service said, what? A day? <laughs> 
And it was her. She said, a day? No, six times a week. The average woman, raise your hand. Well, we don't have any average women in here. Y'all are all above average. The average woman only loses her temper and gets angry three times a week. I thought there would be that, that reaction. Uh, apparently, a woman did this research. I, 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 that's all I can figure. That's all I can figure. Women get more often angry at people. On the other hand, men get more often angry at things like flat tires or lawnmowers that won't start or garbage disposals that won't break free from the sink. Okay, there's a story about that. Single adults express anger twice as much as married adults. That, that one kind of bum-fuzzled me a little bit, but I guess it's true. Men are more physical with their anger than women are, and at home is where we are most likely to express our anger. And here's the kicker. Anger is most frequent and intense towards those that we love and not total strangers. Uh, the fact is, we all get angry. Okay, and I'm not going to go on until everybody does their head like a chihuahua dog in the back dash of a car, right? All of us get angry, but in different ways. Uh, when I first started pastoring, I learned this little uh, catchphrase, and I've used it a hundred times. It goes like this, to dwell above with saints in love, that will indeed be glory. <laughs> to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's a different story, huh? And you know that's the way it is. Even in church, with, with people who ought to love each other with the love of Jesus Christ, we still become angry with one another. Why? It is because anger is a very normal human reaction. We all get angry. In fact, Jesus got angry. Okay? And if you read the Old Testament, you will discover over 370 references just in the Old Testament of God becoming angry. So, I mean, it's a part of life. We get angry. In fact, Paul gave these wise words of wisdom to believers in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I usually use this when I'm talking to married couples, but he didn't speak it to married couples. He spoke it to Christians in the church. And what did he say? In your anger, do not... So, okay, the premise is we're going to get angry, okay? All of us get angry. The admonition is when you get angry, don't let it fall into sin. Don't allow it to go that far. You stop it before it gets there. So in your anger, do not sin. And then this warning, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So before you put your head on the pillow at night, you need to deal with this thing called anger. You need to take care of it. If you're angry at someone else and you've exploded at them, you need to talk to them before you go to bed and reconcile things. Why? Because if you don't do that, look at that last phrase. You're giving the devil a foothold in your life. If you don't deal with this thing called anger that we all deal with, if you allow it to run rampant in your life, what do you like? The wise man in Proverbs says, you are like a city without walls. You have no defense. And here Paul is telling us the evil one is going to come to you and he is the enemy that's going to get a foothold into your life. So if we don't deal with this thing called anger, 
the devil is going to torment us. So there is a right way and a wrong way to get angry. There is a harmful way and there is a helpful way. The issue today is not how can I get rid of all of my anger because you're not going to get rid of it. The issue is how can I deal with it in a non-destructive way? Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's getting quiet. It's, it's about to get good, though. What, what I'd like to do is describe uh, the ways that we get angry. I think there are, very, there are four very commonly expressed ways that we get angry. These are learned responses. Everybody expresses their anger in the way that they learn to express it. Maybe you learn the way to express your anger through your parents, or maybe from a TV program, or from a work associate, or, or even from your spouse. But I've given titles to these four typical responses of how we get angry. And, and as I talk about these four ways we express our anger, you pick the one that best identifies you. Okay? And the first one is, is the, uh, here it is, it's the maniac. <laughs> it's the maniac. It's the exploder. This person explodes. Whenever they get mad, it's like a volcanic explosion. And they just vomit everything out. You know who I'm talking about here? He's a walking time bomb. He has a hair-trigger temper. He's out of control. When this person gets angry, I mean, they let it fly. They throw things, and they cuss, and they yell, and they stomp up and down, and they throw a temper fit. <laughs> you know people like that, don't you? Yeah, You're not that person, but you know people like that. A good example of a biblical character who was an exploder or a maniac is Cain. Cain was the first murderer in the Bible. Genesis chapter 4 tells us his story of Cain. Remember, him and his brother were bringing offerings to the Lord. His brother's offering was acceptable, but Cain's offering was substandard. And God rebuked him for that. What did he do? Well, he got mad at his brother. Cain became furious, and he scowled in anger. And then verse 8 tells us, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and he killed him. Because why? He had this volcanic fury. He couldn't control it. When he got mad, man, he just exploded. He got mad at Abel in the field, and he just killed him. Literally. Now, some people are just like that, and they stay mad all the time. They're always blowing up. But typically, what I've noticed with the exploder or the maniac person is after they do it, they just, they're so sorry that they did it. I'm so embarrassed that I've done this. I, I, I apologize. I'm so ashamed. We know people who are maniacs, don't we? The second type is the mute. And the mute is the exact opposite of the maniac. This is the silent type. They hold it in. They clam up instead of blowing up. They won't even admit to themselves that they're angry, but they are on the inside, and they are concealing the way that they feel. I call these people the crock-pot version of anger. Why? Because they're steaming and they're simmering on the inside. And you know what happens when you swallow your anger? Your stomach keeps score. Huh? A good example of this in the Bible, I think, is the prophet Jeremiah. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. But he is known as the weeping prophet. Huh? Is he not? 
And in Jeremiah chapter 15, uh, Jeremiah and God are having this conversation. And, and I mean, uh, Jeremiah's kind of whining around a little bit and complaining. Uh, everybody's out seemingly having a good time. And, and Jeremiah is locked up. He's, he's not even associating with anybody. He's just all to himself. And here's what he says to God in verse 17. I stayed by myself and I was filled with anger. Okay, are you seeing this? I'm filled with anger. And then he asked the questions. Why do I keep on suffering? Why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? In other words, what I think that Jeremiah was saying is this. I'm holding all of this in, and you know what? It's killing me. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, that just burns me up? Okay, have you ever said that? That burns me up. But you know what? They're right. It's not so much what we eat that counts. Really, what it is is what's eating us, okay? And that's the way the mute is. The third type of response to anger is seen in the life of the martyr. The martyr is, is a pro at throwing pity parties. They're self-punishing, and they're great at ruining everybody else's day. A good example in the Bible of, of someone who is a martyr, I think, is the elder brother of the prodigal son. Remember him? A man had two sons. The, the one was a prodigal. He went out and wasted all of his father's inheritance in wild living. But he came home, and daddy was so happy. He was so glad to see the prodigal that he threw a big feast. He killed the fatted calf. They had this great party, and everyone went in to celebrate except his older brother. And the Bible tells us the response of the older brother in, in Luke's gospel, chapter 15. The elder brother was so angry that he would not even go into the party. And so the father came out to question him. And, and here is his response. Daddy, you never allowed me to have a party with my friends. I mean, this son of yours went and wasted our family's inheritance living with prostitutes. And now he came home and you killed the fatted calf? I can't believe it, Daddy. I've never left this farm. I have been faithful and dutiful. I have never back-talked you. I've always done everything you've told me to do. And you would not even give a goat to me and my friends so that we could have a party. Let me tell you, there was some anger in that young man's life. huh? And what did he do? He tried to ruin everybody else's day because he's the martyr. <laughs> There's a fourth type. The fourth type is the manipulator. This is the Lee Iacocca version of anger. Anybody remember Lee Iacocca? When Ford fired him, remember what his uh, theme was? Don't get mad, get even, man. Uh, the manipulator's approach is, is the key to most television plots. I'm going to figure out a way to bring you down. I'm going to figure out a way to get you back. And so they retaliate in an underhanded way through sarcasm and jibes and indirect contact uh, what i've discovered is religious people often choose this form of anger because it seems more spiritual than just exploding okay what am i talking about well i'm going to come to you and i'm going to be really nice to your face but i'm going to backstab you when you turn around now guys in the first service people laughed at that you know what? That's what happens in churches a lot of times with Christians. They're, they're really nice to you when they're looking at you in the face, but, you know, they're backstabbers. 
They're going to bring you down. Why? Because they're angry at you. And I think a good example of this in the Bible were the Pharisees. They were religious people. I mean, they carried the attitude in the air of being close with God. But the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6, verse 11, these Pharisees got so angry at Jesus Christ that they plotted behind the scenes of how they were going to destroy Jesus. Here's my point. Everybody gets angry. We just get angry in different ways. You are one of those four ways I just described. Here's the deal. All four of those ways of expressing our anger are learned behavior. You learn to do that from somebody somewhere, and that's the way you express your anger. It's learned behavior. The good thing is you can unlearn it. You can change. You can diffuse your anger. So let's talk about that today. How can we diffuse our anger? How can we live our life so that we do not allow the sun to go down on our wrath? How can we so live that we deal with our anger in a productive way? I think there are three biblical ways. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? Well, let's get into them. Number one, I need to understand why I get angry. I need to understand why you get angry. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 tells us this. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Another version says simple, sen sensible people control their temper. So sensible people will control their anger. They can control their temper. And their, their glory is, or their bright spot is, you know what? They're, they're not going to hold grudges. They're going to overlook transgressions. If you say something that offends me or makes me angry, you know what? I'm not going to blow up at you. I'm just going to overlook it. Wow. So the better I understand myself, and the better I understand you, the easier it is for me to control my anger. And really, when you get down to it, anger is simply a warning light. It's not your real problem. Anger simply tells us that there's something else going on deeper inside of us. And typically, there are three common causes of anger that are deeper than your anger. Three things that trigger us to explode. The first one is this, hurt. Hurt can cause my anger. When I am physically hurt, I get angry. When I am emotionally hurt, I get angry. Are you with me? I'm, come on, are you even out there, people? Have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Oh, that feels so good. I think I'll do it again. <laughs> No, you hit your finger, your thumb with a hammer, and you, you get angry, right? Do, do I have time for this story? About, you know, okay, let me tell you this quick story. Um, years ago, I was pastoring a different church, a different city. The, uh, the, the parsonage that we lived in was on the, uh, the church property, and so the parking lot to the church backed up to, to our house. And one Sunday, a lady's car wouldn't start, and she was parked right outside. Gary, you, I'm talking about Pine Bluff, all right? So you know that, that, that car was right there next to where we walk into the house, and so she had to leave her car. 
And so I was talking about it uh, Sunday night at church, and, and a guy in the church, uh, he said, hey, I'll, I'll come fix it. I'll, I'll come by there tomorrow and fix it. And so Monday morning he showed up, and, and he was supposedly a me good mechanic, and, and I'm not, but I went out there to help him. I thought I could hand him wrenches or whatever we, we needed to do. And so we were up underneath this car working on it, and, and I'm not going to explain all the things that happened, but if they, he did something that could have killed both of us. There, there was an explosion under that car with gasoline. And it exploded and it, it singed all the hair on his face and, and his hair and his hands. And, uh, and it, just, it blew me back. I'm Literally, this thing, it, it could have killed us. And all of a sudden, this string of verbiage came out of this guy's mouth <laughs> that would have made a sailor blush. Dude, I hadn't heard cussing like that since I was in high school. And I mean, I was just, I was just, that, that, that exploded on me more than the explosion exploded on me. And I just said, wow. It made a pretty tenseful next two hours, I tell you what. It was bad. You know what? When we're hurt, we do things like that. We explode with anger. I, I read an article in a newspaper not long ago, and it said this. The divorce is far from over for the former spouses who are angrily ever after. You get that? Angrily ever after. In the study of people who have been divorced, one out of three people, slightly more than one-third of men and women, after ten years, still feel intense feelings of anger associated with the former marriage. Why? Well, let me tell you why. The deeper the hurt, the deeper the anger. And so a lot of times we express anger because we are hurting on the inside, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain. There's another thing that causes us to explode with anger, and that is frustration. And I almost didn't list this one. I almost cut it down to two things, but you know what? This one deals with me, so I hate to talk about it. I'm talking about when nothing is going right in your life and everything is going wrong, when, when things don't go your way and you're forced to wait, Murphy's Law is in effect, and what happens? You get angry. You're frustrated. Nobody else knows this one, do they? Same, um, same paper, I read another article about a young man, 18 years old, his parents were good Christians. They took him to church every Sunday. And all outward appearances, this was a good kid too. I mean, his family loved the Lord and he was raised right. But he had a problem with anger. And it usually erupted when he got frustrated. One evening he was headed to a party and there was a traffic jam and, and he was stuck. He was going to be late. He could see ahead and he saw what the problem was. And these people weren't moving. They weren't doing anything. And so in the console between his seats was a 22 pistol. He took the gun out and he was going to fire a warning shot so that they would move up there. But he wasn't a good shot. And when the bullet went off, it ricocheted off of a sign and hit a pedestrian. And here's what this young man had to say about it. He said, it's a disaster that I've caused, and I've got to live with it. I deserve to go to jail. Every day I'm thinking about it. It's like this nightmare that I can't wake up from, and I can't do anything to change it. So I pray every morning and every night 
that God would have mercy on this poor man and heal him. Now listen to me, church. This is a good kid that we're talking about. He was a typical average kid who in a fit of anger did something that dramatically changed the course of his life. You need to ask yourself when you're frustrated to the point of anger, is this thing that I'm frustrated about really worth getting angry over? Are you with me? Because let me tell you something. There are always going to be people driving in the fast lane slow. I was trying to think of good words to describe those people, but I can't think of any. Are you with me? There are always going to be long lines at Walmart. And no matter if you think you've picked the short line, it ends up being the long line. Are you with me? There are always going to be crying babies in the restaurant whom they seat right next to you. Those things don't go away, but really, are they worth getting angry over? Let me tell you, those things are not the end of the world. When I'm frustrated, I become angry. Number three, sometimes insecurity causes anger. We get angry when we're threatened. We get angry when we become afraid, when we feel insecure. You back an animal into a corner, and I don't care what kind of animal it is, you keep them in that corner, and sooner or later they're going to fight back. And if you attack my self-worth, if you embarrass me, if you criticize me, if you make me feel insecure, then you know what? Sooner or later I'm going to fight back. I'm going to become angry. And so your anger is not the real issue. The hurt is. The frustration is. The insecurity is. And the devil knows that. And he's doing everything he can to do what? Get his foot in the door of your hearts and cause you to become angry. So when that happens, when you become hurt, when you become frustrated, when you feel insecure, before you blow up, you need to do point number two. What is point number two? You need to stop and do some thinking. Now, this morning, before I came in here, I changed point number two to stop and think before you react. Now my new point is stop, drop. Remember teaching your kids that? Stop, drop, and roll? Remember that? Here's my point number two now. You stop, you drop, and how about pray? How about pray? Instead of just blowing off the handle, why don't you stop and think about it? When we get angry, have you ever noticed that your mouth usually runs faster than your mind? Huh? When you get angry, you need to put your mind in gear before you engage your mouth. A sharp tongue is the quickest way to cut your throat. <laughs> That's about as good as I got today. I'm, I'm sorry. If you blow your stack, you know what you're doing? You're, you're just sending more pollution into the air. So stop and think before you speak. Stop and think and pray before you react. A couple of verses from Proverbs about this. 13, 16 says, Sensible people always think before they act. How about an amen? How about Proverbs 16, 23? 
intelligent people think before they act. So when you start to get angry more than anything else, you need to delay your response, buy you a little bit of time. How many times have you ever gotten angry and you've said something or you've done something and then five minutes later you're thinking, why in the world did I do that? Or you say to yourself, you know what, I really wished I would have thought about it before I said that. Thomas Jefferson once said, if you're angry, count to ten. If you're really angry, count to one hundred. <laughs> and I think that's pretty good advice even today. You know what, more than anything else, you need to buy yourself some time when you start to get angry. So you can stop. So you can look back and say, how do I really want to respond in this situation? You stop, you drop, and you pray. Now, I know that some of you are here thinking, you know what? When I, can't, when I get angry, I just can't control it. I mean, when I get angry, I just got to let it out. I, I have no control over it. I, I can't control myself when I get angry. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can, too, control it. Uh, let me prove it to you. How many of you have ever been at home in an argument or a fight or a knockdown drag out with your spouse or your kids? And I mean, you're just yelling and screaming, and all of a sudden the phone rings. And you pick it up, and immediately everything changes. I mean, you're going, hello. Oh, yeah, we're doing great. How are you doing? I mean, how can we do that? Well, I'll tell you, we can do that because we have the ability to change. If you want to change, you can change. Here is the fact. The fact of the matter is, anger is a choice. Thank you, Jason. I'm not going to go on until everybody agrees. Anger is a choice. It is a choice that we make. And when you get angry, you are choosing to get angry. You're angry because you want to get angry. Now, let's admit it. Sometimes it just feels good to get angry, doesn't it? Come on. It is addictive. Sometimes it feels good to give that guy what he's got coming to him. Like my dad used to say, one right between the running lights, bam. I mean, that feels good, doesn't it? Sometimes, I'll tell you what, it really feels good to verbally let it all out. But you need to stop and ask Hey, is it really worth it? Because I guarantee you, every time you blow up, every time your anger comes out, there are consequences you're going to have to deal with. Amen? And I'm here to tell you, you can control what you want to control. The point is this. There is really nothing in the world that makes you mad. I'm going to say it again. Everybody listen to me. There is nothing in the world that makes you mad. You make yourself mad. You choose to get mad. You, you can take two people and put them in the same room and allow the same event to occur. One person is going to get mad. The other person is not going to get mad. You can take two people, put them in the same room, verbally abuse them the same way. One person is going to get mad. The other person doesn't blow up. They don't get mad. They're able to handle it. So it's not the event. Events don't make us angry. Other people don't make us angry. It's not your wife's fault or your husband's fault or the kid's fault or the dog's fault. It's your fault. If you choose to get angry, 
The only person you can blame is you. Why? Because you have the ability to control that anger. You can stop, drop, and pray. And that brings me to point number three. We need to continually ask God for his help. Because let me tell you, this is not a one and done deal. You don't get over your anger eternally hereafter. You're going to deal with it every single day of your life. So you need to continually ask God for his help. So this is the most important point. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 lists for us the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know how many fruits of the Spirit there are? Nine of them. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. I've listed the first four up on the screen. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. We're going to have it Galatians 5 22. Sometimes our machine up there gets frozen. Here's what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Did you get that? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. You can't have your life filled with those four things, love, joy, peace, and patience, and be angry at the same time. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit in you, love, joy, peace, and patience, and be exploding verbally to other people in anger. They don't mix. Are you with me? You see where I'm going? Uh, you're lost, so I've got an object lesson. Don't you love object lessons? I've got a little tube up here. I pulled it out before the first service started, and I was showing Miss Angie over here. And she said, why do you have that tube of Preparation H up here? That, this is not Preparation H. <laughs> it's a little tube of toothpaste. Mason, it's Colgate. I'm glad to have Mason and Corinda here today, aren't y'all? Give them a big hand. Love Mason, Corinda. Uh, Mason is uh, he's taking on a new responsibility at Randall University, going to be the uh, vice president or director of uh, church relations. And uh, that means he's, he's, he's taking Bob those spot. He's the, he's the fundraiser. He'll do. So if you, see, if you see Mason coming, know he's coming to ask you for money. No, not really. Good to have you guys with us today. Here's a, here's a tube of Colgate I got up here, Mason. Now, if, if I take this little tube of Colgate and I take off the, the lid to it, and I put it right here on the corner of my plexiglass pulpit, and I take aim, and I go, bam, as hard as I can, what's going to happen? Come on, people, this is not hard. What's going to happen? What's going to shoot out? Toothpaste, exactly. So if I empty this toothpaste out, Tim, we're talking now, me and Tim, if I, if I empty this thing out and get a syringe and fill it up with mayonnaise, and I do it over here, go, bam, what's going to come out? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. How many of y'all like bean dip in the little can? Bean dip? Y'all like bean dip? Take a little bean dip and some salsa, mix it together, fritos. Man, that's a good little snack right there. What if I take my bean dip and salsa mix and I inject it into this little tube, and right over, right over here I go, wham, what's going to shoot out? My bean dip and salsa. That's the point. Anything that is on the inside is going to come out when it is squeezed. You know what? People are like that, aren't we? You know what? The world puts its squeeze on us every single day. 
The devil makes sure. Balcony people, let me do The devil makes sure. The devil knows what hurts you, what frustrates you, what makes you feel insecure. And so he's going to make sure that those things put their squeeze on you every single day. And if those are the things that are in you, hurts, frustration, insecurity, you know what's going to come out? Anger. Because that's what's inside. But on the other hand, if the fruit of the Spirit is inside of you, the love of God, the joy of Jesus Christ, the peace of God and the patience of God, if that's on the inside, when that squeeze comes, guess what's coming out? The fruit of the Spirit. So you know how you deal with your anger? You keep more fruit in you than you do the stuff of the world. And let me tell you, this is not a one-time deal. You're not one and done. It's an everyday occurrence. When you get up in the morning, you've got to pray the prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit. May I have your joy, your peace, your patience. Lord, may I have the spirit of God in me because I know, Lord, the devil's going to put its squeeze on me. I know the world is going to squeeze me. And Lord, when that happens, I just want you to come out of my mouth. Now, to do that, you've got to have the peace of God in your life. Jesus said, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives unto you, give I unto you. You can have the peace of God. In order to have the peace of God, you've got to make peace with God. You following my verbiage here? Changing the words a little bit. But you need to make peace with God. You, 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 need, to, you need to give up everything of yourself and give it over to him. You, you need to quit trying to control your own life and allow God to control you. You need to confess your sins to him. You need to own up to the person you really are and give everything to him, lock, stock, and barrel. You need to surrender, get this phrase, to the lordship of Jesus Christ where he is in control and you're not. So you make peace with God. Here's the cool thing. When I've made peace with God, I get something in return. The peace of God. The peace of God that the world doesn't understand, that the world can't comprehend. It's that peace inside of me that brings spiritual harmony so that when I do become hurt or frustrated or insecure, anger's not going to explode out. The peace of God is. So I don't know, it's up to you, dude. It's up to you. You can keep leave, living under the change and bondage of anger, Keep exploding, keep saying things you regret, keep the process over and over again with tension in your family and in relationships, or, 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 <laughs> you can break free. You can bust those chains and have the peace of God in your life. And all you have to do is ask him. 